And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California. Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Reel Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And thank you, Mark Larson, and welcome everyone to another Sunday edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and I hope you're enjoying a fantastic Fourth of July weekend. Hey, we got a great show lined up for you tonight. Going to make it worth your while for listening tonight. We're going to start right off with Captain Frank Ursetti. He was with us uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about the uh, one H&M landing San Diego jackpot. That happened last week, and Captain Frank's going to update us on exactly how that event went. And then later on, we have Lady Angler Extraordinaire, Lori Heat. She'll be with us telling us about ladies in fishing. You're going to enjoy her stories, and you'll marvel at just some of the adventures Lori has been in. And then later on, we have with us one of the three uh, gentlemen that caught a 240-pound bluefin marlin last week at the 43. It was not only a catch of a lifetime, but an adventure. But before we get into all of this, let me introduce to you the co-host of Ron Real Radio. First of all, he is a voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT and a great fisherman in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Hey, John. How are you this evening? Boy, I'm doing okay, but hey, uh, Jorge, I've got a really bad feedback, and it's driving me crazy. If you <laughs> knock it off, I'd appreciate it. Hey, also with us... Is the other co-host for Rod and Real Radio. She is the national sales manager for Iserline and an extraordinary lady fisherman in her own right, Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how you doing? I'm doing great. Have a, I hope you have a happy Fourth of July tomorrow and having a great weekend. Oh, that is. And Stan, sorry about that to cut you short. Hey, uh, Jorge, thanks a lot for knocking that feedback off. I can hear the guys a lot better right now. Stan, well, welcome not- back from a great vacation. That I know had its ups and downs, but it's great to have you back. Well, you know, it's good to be back. Uh, I started a project on a on a new boat that I found, so I can chase the tuna or chase the trout, depending on what I want to do with it, other than bass fish. That was before I left. Found a great guy that knows how to fix your Johnson and Evinrude motors and has the parts for your stuff. We'll talk about that sometime in the future. But uh, all things are going the right general direction. All right. Hey, let's get right on with our first guest. He is the uh, uh, managing partner for H&M Landing, also the owner-operator 
of the Ranger 85 in the Constitution, Mr. Frank Ursetti, Captain Frank, I should say. Captain Frank, how you doing tonight, sir? Hey, good evening, everybody. Thanks for having me on, John, Wendy, Stan. I hope everybody's having a great Fourth of July weekend. Well, it is good, but it can't be any better than this past week at H&M Landing with the uh, the Big Fish Tournament that you had. You know, we talked about it. You had one heck of a group of people there, and what an event, Frank. Why don't you tell us about it? It, it was absolutely incredible, a true sold-out tournament. We had over 300, 330 anglers participating in a one-day event. It was an overnight offshore shootout, and it was a go-big-or-go-home tournament, and <laughs> we went big. It was absolutely incredible. Everybody focused on those larger bluefins, and it worked out really, really good for the top three. It was, uh, it was an incredible event. If you guys could have been down there on May and Friday night, it was it was reminiscent of day at the docks. There were, there were over 400 people standing by the scales as we were weighing in jackpot. It was just absolutely incredible. Well, you know, Frank, as big a story as what came in, it seemed like everyone had a story on what they hooked, but unfortunately, what didn't come in, and that seems to be one of the big stories of the season. Well, it is. It's the common story we talked about. I think the last time I was on the show, there were uh, there were some true ethics battles, and uh, there was some agony of defeat. But there certainly was the thrill of victory for three lucky anglers. So it was uh, it was it was incredible. All the fish that placed were triple digit fish. Third place, 132 pounds for Les Gallagher. Uh, second place, Brandon Hearn with a 142 pounder. And, of course, top honors first place went to Marty Jackson, 147-pound bluefin tuna. Now, two of those fish, first and third place, were landed on the first string uh, with Captain David Haas at the helm. And uh, in second place for Brandon went to uh, came off the old glory with Captain Clay Williams. It was really, really a tight, tight tournament. It was, uh, it was incredible. It was just, just what we ordered. It was really something else. I think 247, that makes it, I think that's the biggest one we've caught uh, uh, that I know of. I know no, there's been 243. One, 147. Hang on. <laughs> it was only 147 stand, but still a great fish. Oh, 147. I thought that was a 247. I went, man, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, we had hoped that. No, it was, it was incredible. The, uh, it, it, was, it was 147 with first place, 142, second place, 132 third place. Just incredible. Day boat fishing. How, how can you beat that? And that's been the story of our season so far. It's been, uh, it, it was, it was super incredible. You could have, if you'd have been down there Thursday night, it was just absolutely electric. All the anglers pacing up and down the dock, loading gear on their boats. The boats just poised in position at nine o'clock, peeling out of their slips. You could just feel the excitement and anticipation in the air. It was really, really incredible. Hey, Frank, you know, how were those big fish caught? Uh, two of the fish, Wendy, I believe, were caught on flat falls, and one fish was just on a sardine with a sinker. So, guys, I know the last few days have been uh, have been using sliders with, like, a Carolina stopper, a little unconventional, for catching some of these bigger fish, but that's been uh, that's been the method, and I know one of those fish on the string was that way, I believe, and the other, was, the other were on flat falls. 
You know, it was incredible, Frank, because we had Steve Carson on uh, last week talking about how to talk with poppers. Everyone was going popper crazy. Now, all of a sudden, it seems like the fish have changed again. And then uh, later on the show, we have Lori Heath with us, and she actually caught her fish uh, on the old glory, I believe it was, on a swim bait. So things... No, the relentless. That was relentless. I'm sorry. Lori's here right now. But she caught it on a swim bait, if you can believe that. So... Are things changing out there? Well, I think we're seeing, uh, we, we've been seeing it change all throughout the month, but guys are catching these fish. It seems to be that, I don't want to say they're off the poppers, because as soon as I say that, those fish are going to start reacting that way. But I have noticed this last week, 10 days, guys are starting to talk more about, you start hearing hearing more about catching fish a little bit deeper. That doesn't mean that, that there still aren't fish being caught on the plug. But I do hear more and more consistently on some of these spots that these guys are sliding on or when we get some of these fish to stick with the boat, the guys are bombing down and they're getting them either on a flat ball, flat ball or a weighted sinker or, excuse me, a weighted bait or, like Lori, on a swim bait. So there you have it. Hey, you know, has that red crab kind of fallen off a little bit? Or are they kind of eating all that up and it, maybe they're starting to switch to fin bait? We're starting to see a little of it thin out, Sam, but we're still seeing we're still seeing it. But it is starting to thin a little bit. Well, we'll that's what we need. Drop. If they Those can eat up all the red crabs, they'll start eating the thin bait a lot better. Exactly. Exactly. What are you hearing from uh, down south? Do we have uh, uh, yellowfin behind these fish, or is this mass of fish basically staying in the same place? Are they going north, or what seems to be happening right now, Frank? Well, I'd love to throw out a good word on that. In fact, I was just responding uh, to an email before we got on here tonight, and the plane for our fleet flew, and, and the prognosis down below was pretty clean water right now. When I say clean, I'm in a clean void of fish. Uh, but they did see a couple small spots of yellowfin. There's a little bit, 150 to 180 miles down. Uh, we're starting to and, – and, and, again, just because we don't see a whole lot of fish in that water – doesn't really concern me. It, we we always see this type of condition, and all of a sudden this fish just filters in. Um, the encouraging thing the last few days, and I'm sure you, you've noticed this, you start to see an occasional Dorado in the count. I just got off the fat phone with a Constitution. They broke away from tuna fishing this afternoon and went kelp in there on the second of a two and a half, and they had a kelp for 35 yellowtail and three Dorado just this nice. afternoon. So. Yeah, so we're starting to see that already, which is good. Here it is, the 4th of July, and we're seeing a little sprinkling of Dorado filtering into the dock total. So super encouraging as far as I can say. Well, I got they can wait until about the 22nd when I go out there, and then they can get full swing. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling there's going to be plenty of them by then. Well, that's great. Well, you know, the, the docks were also filled up. You know, it was a great day on the dock because not only did you have 335 fishermen coming in, you know, between 5 and 7 o'clock on Friday, but then you had the docks loaded up with people going out again on uh, uh, a Friday for a 4th of July uh, weekend. So right now it's the time to go. How's uh, How is the capacity on the boats looking right now, Frank? Well, you know, everyone worries about this 4th of July. They think it's going to be busy, and actually we have plenty of room, and that's typical for a holiday weekend like this, believe it or not. But H&M Landing has the most diversified schedule of any of the landings here in San Diego. We, you can fish on anything from a half-day to a multi-day trip. 
every single day of the week. And just looking at the schedule right now of what's coming up in the next few days, uh, overnight trips, day and a half, two and a half, plenty of availability. Um, of course, Malahini's been fishing the island every day, and Tim on the premiere, twice a day, half day. Twilight, the guys are fishing every Friday and Saturday night. So there's remember, something for everybody. Hey, Frank, and remember, you can get clear clothing for H&M Landing online. <laughs> oh, don't don't forget about that. Man. Hey, I'm wearing the new right. logo Thanks shirt for, put- for women. It's amazing. <laughs> Thanks for putting the plug like in. We just, we just unlocked the doors to the store today, so we've got a new line. We, uh, we actually dug back a few years and dug up the original logos for H&M Landing for the 30s and the 40s, and we put them on shirts. So check it out. Oh, you that's cool. Shop hmlanding.com. It's amazing. I'm actually wearing one, and I love it. She's wearing it proudly here, uh, uh, Frank. Uh, but also the other thing is I can't believe how many uh, fishermen we've sent over there that are going out with you that are renting rods and what great tackle you have available for the rod rental people. I mean, it's just it doesn't have a picture of Snoopy on it anymore. It's <laughs> high-quality gear. <laughs> Absolutely, John. You nailed it. And we uh, we did we – did, uh bump up the infrastructure this last year at H&M Landing. So if you don't have a rod and reel, if you've never done this before, you simply just have to show up. We'll get you fully outfitted between our tackle shop, quality rod and reels to rent, um, anything from single speeds, lever drives, two speeds. We've got whatever you need for whatever your target is. You know, is, it all one, is it all one line class, or can, can they get one of different, you know, one or two different line classes? Rod yeah, absolutely. And what's going out the door right now is really between 20 and 40, and we can bump it up from there. Wow. And it, it's great gear, Stan. It's all Avat stuff. And uh, I, I recommend highly, if you think you're going to go out with your pen squitter and catch some of these fish that are out there, you better go out and, uh, uh, you know, see H&M Landing for your gear because uh, you're going to feel a lot happier being out there with a two-speed Avet, then uh, you will just about anything else. It makes a difference. Well, I've got rookies going for several years now, you know, and they've really upgraded all of their stuff over the last couple of years down there at the landing, and I've had great fishing trips where I told the people that are going out with me, I go, if you don't have the right gear, rent it before you go because they have the right gear, and you don't have to think about it. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to – if you haven't got the new two-speeds and you're going to go out chasing some of these bigger fish – just stop and rent it for the day or the two days or whatever you're out there. That is so Absolutely. true. And I, uh, Frank, actually, um, I just wanted to get that this. I just, uh, Rick Morin uh, actually hooked me on uh, and my uh, fiance, Robert Tressler, on to some really new Acura. Um, I got the Acura Fury um, 500 uh, reel, and I'm in love with it. <laughs> And, did you uh, get that from Did you get that from Rick in our shop right there? Yes, like, I did. And Rob got the 600. We loved it. We just used it the other day, and we are on the old glory, and it's amazing. I'm I'm excited about it. It's my new baby. Awesome. Thanks. We just started. Rick and I got together uh, early in the spring. We talked about carrying a, a line of active products. So that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Thank yeah, you. very successful. Um, I can cast it really well. Um, it's just a beautiful uh, reel. I got a few other guys on the boat to look at it and play with it, and they're excited. They want to buy one. Awesome. Awesome. That's, that's excellent feedback. You know right where to send them. Yep. <laughs> you know, you know, Frank, it's it's going to be a great season, whether you want to go out just for a half day or three-quarter day. The Malahini is making it out of H&M Landing. They're into fish. The overnights, you know, if you're going out to the 43, that's, 
definitely within range of the overnights, and then the day and a half gives you a full day to try and get those fish. It looks like we're uh, shaping up for a good season, and here we are at 4th of July. Absolutely. It's just right at, it's right on target, I feel. And, and while we still have a lot of these bigger fish around, we don't see big numbers in the dock total, but what we're bringing to the docks are big fish. These truly are, and we talked about it before, fish of a lifetime. And before we know it, in the blink of an eye, these bigger fish will start to slide out. School-sized fish are going to move in. Um, and it's funny, when we talk about the school-sized fish, we're talking about 50-, 60-pound bluefin. Uh, we'll, see some, we'll see some good-grade yellowfin move in here before too long. We're already seeing yellowtails start to establish on kelp. It's all, it's all just full, unfolding just as it typically does every single season. So with the exception of this big bluefin, this is pretty phenomenal phenomenal opportunity for guys offshore right now well frank if uh people are interested they're out of town uh coming in from arizona uh to see what kind of a trip they can line up whether it's uh, a half day three-quarter day overnight uh, uh how can they get a hold of you and find out which boat is going out when and how to get aboard on one of these vessels well the easiest way is to check our website online hmlanding.com dot com hmlanding.com or you can call any one of our staff can help you out at 619-222-1144 hmlanding.com you can book with just a handful of clicks and you're going fishing and you have a facebook page too oh yes we do hm <laughs> landing absolutely. you're doing a good job Every here Instagram boy. Account, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> You know, I think she's after my job, Frank, and uh, she's doing a good job getting it. Laura, you better stop by and see me this week. I might have a part-time position for you. Oh, I'm, I'm actually would love that. I'm actually going to be fishing on the Malahini tomorrow, so I'm looking for some good yellowtail. There you go. All right, I might I might see you when you get in. And, Sounds great, Frank. And Frank, i got to tell you, she was giving me a ration because being on Rod Reel Radio prevented her from going out today. So Yeah, I was a little pissed because I found out what the Malahini counts were yesterday, and I'm like, man, what do I do? Do I go on the radio or I go fishing? It was very hard for me to make this decision, but I feel very privileged to be asked. <laughs> All right. She, hey. she might feel privileged, John, but she does sound a little angry. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm addicted to, to fishing. I can't help it. All right. Hey, Frank, that's a lot for being with us. We look forward to seeing you there at H&M Landing and better yet, seeing you on the water, okay? All right, absolutely. Thanks, everybody, and have a great Fourth of July weekend. You too, Frank. All right. Hey, uh, you're listening to Rod Real Radio on AM540 or at rodreelradio.com. Stan Vandenberg's with us. So is Wendy Toshahar. You're also hearing Lori Heath, uh, who's right now uh, auditioning for my job here in San Diego, doing a darn good job of it. Hey, we're going to take a commercial break right now, but we'll be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford 
knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. And everyone, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Boy, do we have a full house here tonight. Stan Vandenberg's here, just back from Cabo San Lucas. Wendy Toshihara, she's getting ready for a trip on the Indy. We've got Lori Heath here. She's in between in between trips, and we understand upset because being here on Rod Real Radio tonight means that she didn't go fishing. But that's all right. We'll try it, Mercury Wild too. Hey, now back to the show. It's time for what the hell is Phil Friedman thinking with our host from 
PFO Radio, Phil Friedman. Hey, Phil, how you doing tonight, sir? Hey, John, it went from what the heck is Phil Friedman thinking to what the hell <laughs> is Phil Friedman. I like that better. You know, I am I am so upset over there. I've got Lori Heath over here, and she is uh, absolutely fantastic fisherman, and she is wearing the H&M Landing tank top, the first one I've seen, and she's wearing the Malahini uh, hat. She is way, way ready to go fishing, and I think she's, uh, you know, She's upset the fact that she's here instead of fishing. What can I tell you? But, you know, so are we all. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, the bite is on. Hey, Phil, what's been happening to you, sir? John, uh, good to be back with you. I was out of the the country for a little while doing some research for a book I'm writing on Baja. Back here in the good old USA to celebrate the 4th of July and uh, remember our veterans and all the folks who keep us so safe by uh, putting their lives on the line all the time. Always, always take time to try to remember that. But in terms of the fishing, let's uh, look at the offshore situation out of San Diego and elsewhere for that matter. And it's been pretty tough here lately. I mean, very, very tough. It's been one of those all show and no go kind of situations. There's that big bluefin tuna around, but it's been very reluctant to bite. It's like the bluefin tuna that Stan and I remember back in the day when we'd drive by those big schools. Wouldn't even stop on them when we were fishing albacore back in the 70s and 80s and during that time. And, uh, you know, as I look at the records in front of me, last year around this time there was, and you, you remember last year how good that was, a memorable year, maybe the best in a century. There was a, a, a period where we went through the doldrums and then all of a sudden yellowfin tuna are crawling all over the place. There's some 71-degree water around here today that I can see, and I imagine it's just a matter of time until that light switch goes on, and either that bluefin starts to bite or that yellowfin tuna will arrive in mass and start to entertain us all. Some guys even ventured out to Cortez and Tanner Bank, thinking there might be something out that way, and they found giant mackerel, and I don't think that's exactly (laughs) what they were looking for out there on Cortez and Tanner. And Cortez and Tanner traditionally is a fall bite. That's when you see that really excellent big tuna bite out there on the Cortez with some people thinking maybe it was accelerated due to all the warm water that we've had for the last year or so. At San Clemente Island, some up and down fishing. The Tornado's there on a two and a half day trip. And they've got about 50 yellowtail for their two days of fishing. Limit the calico bass. Excellent, excellent calico bass. And uh, the yellows over there seem to be growing up, like 15 to 30-pound range at San Clemente Island. Pretty good. Catalina, wide open bonita. Some decent hits at times on smaller grade yellowtail, but not all the time. Kind of hit and miss on that. And, uh, you know, a lot of action. I mean, you're always catching bass, although you have to really shift, sift through them to find the legals. But a lot of action. You're always pulling on something there at Catalina. The Ara Ann out of Long Beach Ford Fishing heading over there every single morning at 6 a.m. and then coming back at 6 p.m. And they've been finding that kind of action where there's just a tremendous amount of bites, not always legal fish, but good action. Up there in the Channel Island area, we uh, have had some slower fishing the last few days, but earlier on they had good yellowtail and white sea bass fishing. Hopefully that will get going. And locally, not bad at all. I mean, you look at some of the Long Beach boats that are fishing the Horseshoe and down on Huntington and Isers Reef, areas like that, and they've been catching decent uh, amounts of bonita, some good calico and sand bass fishing in Barracuda. And last night, uh, twilight fishing on the Southern Cal. 
really good. Limits of sand bass last night on the SoCal. So that is good to see that that is going on. Uh, you know, John, a little bit of the doldrums right now, a little lull in the bite, no question about it. Offshore is very, very slow, but hopefully that's going to kick into gear again here very, very soon. You know, we had, uh, I just got back from Cabo. I was down there for two weeks, and they had the biggest bunch of green water on the bank down there from the Pacific side, 73 degrees, 71 degree water, all green, no fish, everything had pushed around up north. So maybe that stuff is going to push it up towards us a little bit. If you wanted to catch anything, uh, you had to go 50 miles south to hit a temperature break, which was pretty radically big. For most of those boats, they didn't want to travel that far. We did. I got 12, 12 tuna and a Dorado in one day just running around looking for that bigger tuna down there, but that stuff slid around north, too. So you, we're seeing that influx of water pushing this stuff up north to us. Having that mackerel on the Cortez and the Osborne is a good thing because when all this big bluefin gets going on the fin bait, they like eating that mackerel. Last year, a lot of those big fish were caught on the mackerel, uh, slow trolling. That's always the way they got them in, uh, down there when Phil and I were children in, uh, <laughs> in uh, Guadalupe on the, on the uh, uh, Malahini, not, not the Malahini, uh, Doggone it, can't remember the six-pack boat that went down there, the Hawthorne. It was always towing the small boat with an angler, and, and then he would tow uh, or have the uh, trolled mackerel out the back. But when that big bluefin gets on that mackerel bite, including the yellowtail, you know, if they get on that mackerel bite, you, we could have bonus fishing out there when that happens. No doubt about it. Now, I hope you're right about that, Stan, about that pushing up north, and that sounds like a good theory to me. Um, you know, we had this, this lull last year. Uh, hopefully it's a repeat. I can't imagine that it's going to stay as slow as it is offshore for too much longer. There's a lot of fish around. Guys are seeing it. Uh, it's just really, really playing with their brains and their minds too much. I mean, it's teasing, and you see it, and it just doesn't want to bite, and that has definitely been the situation here for some time now. But, again, uh, the water up to 71 degrees, and that's getting into that yellowfin tuna type of uh, temp that uh, YFT really like, and hopefully they're going to push up in here and start to bite and add to the bluefin scenario also. What happened? Didn't we have that yellowfin up here? For a week or so back, or back about two or three weeks ago, there was a lot of yellowfin out there. Yeah, and and then I th- I'm not sure I, the water temp just wasn't warm enough. I think Stan and it kind of would move in and move out, and it would bite and would not bite. And now with that 71 degree, if that water temp just keeps edging up, that's good enough, really. 71. Anything over 70 will work, but anything that, as we continue to get a little bit warmer, I think that fish will move in, settle in, and get more consistent on the bite, fingers crossed, at least. I well, we're for- going to wait and see. No matter what, it, it's coming. I think Frank Orsetti uh, alluded to it. There's a lot of clean water coming on up, and the water that we have in our coastal area right now is a little stained, but it is full of life. It's full of finfish. It's full of red crabs. It's full of those jillions and jillions of those little saris. And, Phil, you're seeing it up in your neck of the woods there. Uh, don't those squid know what uh, what day it is on the calendar? All of a sudden, you're getting an influx of squid up north there that uh, those fish are going to be uh, feeding on squid till, uh, uh, you know, till Christmas. You're so right. It's July. They're not supposed to be around now. They're they're supposed to be here in the cooler water periods, but we'll take it. And as as, uh, you alluded to all, and Frank, you said he alluded to all that, 
feed, all that life. I mean, that's just a magnet that attracts game fish and other species in to feed on it. And, of course, squid is right at the top of that list in terms of the food chain and the sea bass and the yellows and the halibut and everything else that likes to feed on that. It's just such a good sign. Stan alluded to the uh, macro being out there on Cortez and Tanner as well as Osborne Bank. And, again, there's the more feed in the water. It's just as Joe Ch- Joe used to run the Pegasus many, many years ago, and he always used to have a saying that I liked, and it was that the dinner table is set. We're just waiting for the guests to arrive. And yeah, no it's kidding. pretty much what we're looking at right now. Yeah, I mean, with all this bait, it, when it finally moves in, it's going to move in in numbers. It uh, Stan, it looks like it. It looks like it's changing right now. You know, uh, last week we had uh, Steve Carson on from the uh, the Penn Fishing University. Uh, uh, we were going over fishing poppers, and now all this past week, and Lori will attest to it that the bite has changed. All of a sudden, they're using flat falls. Uh, they're using deep diving jigs. Lori caught her big fish uh, last week on the Relentless on a savage swim bait. I've heard of several people catching swim bait fish, and I don't want to take any of the uh, the wind out of their sails, but we have uh, Zach Soren. Uh, he and his friends caught a 240-pound bluefin at the 43, and they were slow trolling a mackerel. So maybe there you this, have it. Maybe this bite is changing, <laughs> uh, you know, and these, these fish are going after uh, something else besides poppers. No doubt about it. And Tommy Rothery is a guy who says that when he is in a bite, John, uh, what, whatever the species, wahoo or whatever, he, he has a theory that fish kind of figure out what's going on, and he likes to change it up, and he will do that in the middle of a bite. You know, you, you catch a bunch of yellowfin tuna, and then the bite lulls, and he'll switch it up. He'll, you know, they're biting, say they're biting sardine, he'll yo-yo an iron, or he'll try something different. And having an arsenal of tackle and trying different things and working at it, something like a guy like Bob Osborne does relentlessly, just switching it up, trying something different. Lori obviously had success doing that. It's such a good way. And sooner or later, you'll bump into something that they want to buy it again, that they want to feed on, and that will work a lot better for you. So really trying and working hard at it makes a big difference. That's so true. I, um, when I went ahead and used the, the swim bait, I, I actually used it the, the two days later, and it, I had no success with it. Um, but I, I also do keep an arsenal of different types of setups and different types of bait that I've created myself just to throw out there and to mess with them to see what they'll bite. And that was what I did that day. And um, everybody was doing these popper things, but I just say, you know what, get some Christmas lights and hang them up. They're really pretty and use them on your deck right now because <laughs> they're not working. <laughs> I just don't know because it seems like just when you don't think something's working, it's on again. Uh, uh, one of my friends, C.L. Smith, was out on a three-day trip, and he uh, they got onto a school of fish, and he threw that uh, larger popper until uh, his arms fell off. And he goes, well, the heck with this. Picked up another rod with a smaller popper, threw it in, uh, and it hit the water. And the next thing you know, it was fish on. So Bam. you just have to keep uh, working at it. And then what's happening, too, as the guys reported that we're fishing in this WON uh, big fish jackpot at H&M Landing, a lot of guys got hooked up. You know, many were called, but few were chosen. There were fellas that were hooked up for two and a half hours that just never got the fish in. And uh, uh, it's just happening right now. So you got to be ready for a fish of a lifetime. Pretty amazing that we have this kind of a bite here 
off our coast, so close to home, a throwback to the early uh, 1900s, maybe the late 1800s. It's really amazing and having proper tackle. And we're blessed with the right kind of tackle nowadays. We're not fishing with the stuff Zane Gray had to fish with. We're really blessed with it. So you might as well, you know, head to your favorite favorite tackle store and get the right stuff, have the right stuff, so that when you hook the fish of a lifetime and you've invested all this time and money and everything else into getting that hookup, that you've got it on the right tackle and you have half a chance with it. That's right. And that's it, you know, and you might only get one chance. So you exactly. got to make sure everything's right. And Stan and Wendy, you two are long-range fishermen. Wendy, I know you know that, that sometimes you can get on there on a five-day trip. You're getting ready to go out on the Indy, and you only might get one or two chances. So you've got to have everything right. That's right. You have to be prepared, and, and definitely don't be undergunned. Right. Well, I, and I like Lori's uh, attitude of, you know, I've got a bunch of different things that I want to try on them and see if I can make them work. It, that's kind of the sign of the true fisherman, getting uh, creative and trying to figure out what, what you can get them on if they're not eating something that they're, that they're used to eating and you don't see anybody uh, catching them on the popper, okay, the flat fall may be the one or maybe it's that swim bait or, or something else that will trigger the bite for that day because it changes day to day to day. And, and as the fish will swim through an area, if they, like these guys were slow trolling a mackerel, we, uh, what I was talking about before, the guys that got the 243 here, that, that's the change up, and you're, you're looking for these fish to change off that anchovy or, or the red crabs or whatever they're eating and then change to something else. Maybe they'd like a little b- bigger bites, and that's what fishing's all about. You know, oh. if, you, if they're not eating one thing, try something else. All right. Well, Phil, you know, it's great having you back, and I hope uh, I look forward to hearing about that book of yours that you're uh, doing, but I always look forward to following you on uh, uh, Phil Freeman Outdoors. Your blogs have been great. If people want to keep up with what you're doing, listening to your uh, Spanish broadcast, how's the best way to go about doing it? John, you can go to pforadio.com or PFO on Facebook. Or in Spanish, you can go to aventurasalarelibre.com or go to aventurasalarelibre on Facebook. Hey, I want to wish you and Wendy and Stan and Lori and Rafael Yamas and Carmen, his wife, are listening in Paramount right now. Just sent me a note said they're enjoying your show so much. And everyone else, and, and again, the men and women, past and present, who protect our country and keep us safe. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. John, always a pleasure to be with you, my friend. Hey, thank you, Phil. And to get back in track, you have one heck of a good weekend, okay? Same to you. Hey, that was Phil Friedman from Phil Friedman Outdoors. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. You're listening to Rod and Real Radio on AM540 or at rodandreelradio.com. Stay tuned. There's still a lot more to come with Captain James Nelson, Laurie Heath, and then coming up later on, uh, you're going to have... Uh, uh, Oh, man, we're going to have Zach Zorn on with us, so stay tuned. We'll be back after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. 
If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. And welcome back to Rod Real Radio. We've got Stan Vandenberg with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshihara. Lori Heath is here, and we'll be with Lori a little after 6 o'clock. But as you can tell, she's been piping in here and there, uh, adding her uh, two cents worth. And I think she's auditioning for my job here in San Diego. And she's hey, doing a fine job, I yeah, might add. Thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> thank that. You. you know, uh, Stan, uh, we can be replaced by Lori and Wendy, so we uh, we better do good tonight, okay? Wait, you know, that, that gives means... us a night off once in a while. Oh, no, 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 that means you guys go fishing and we stay here. Uh, no, I'm no, not, no, she's not going to trade. Not yeah, she's not going to trade that at all. It means that she's got to do radio and not go fishing. fishing. Now, wait a minute. We have to go fishing, too. That's part of our job. Well, we're all ready to do that, too. Hey, <laughs> let's get on with the Southern California intro uh, report with the fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, uh, a good day to you, and how's this past week gone for you? Happy Sunday to you guys over there at uh, Rod and Real Radio family. I'll tell you what, you know, this week's been great, John. It, uh, that is good. You know, uh, uh, you know, the kids are out of school right now, and I've noticed from your Facebook page, it looks like the moms and dads have been taking advantage of that and booking with you to, to show the kids, uh, you know, almost a trip of a lifetime. You know, uh, we'd like to hope so. Anyway, it looks like looks like some folks are having fun, so that's always that's a good deal, huh? <laughs> it is. Tell us, uh, uh, what's been hot this week, uh, Captain James? Oh, we've been uh, staying in the bay a lot. I did have one trip uh, outside in a little bit uh, in the kelp area, and uh, got in some big barracuda. But mostly, it's it's been about the bay. Folks want to stay in that nice, comfy. Uh, easy glassy type water and it's been it's been a blast wow you know tell us first of all about the barracuda that's uh, really the first sign of of legal size barracuda which you were catching that i've heard of i know there's been barracuda in both mission bay and san diego bay they've been smaller but uh how'd you guys wind up uh, getting into these barracuda uh, we were trying for yellowtail john you know that's how it usually goes you catch one <laughs> thing while trying for something else 
<laughs> so you're using live bait, uh, you're using uh, small jigs or what? A little bit of both. Uh, you think it's uh, some things happening on the uh, on the spoons, but mostly it's been about the bait. And the bait that we've been getting lately has been pretty good sized. You know, the the bigger uh, sardines, so that really helps a lot. You know, Jim, I know uh, a lot of times you launch out of Shelter Island and you're fishing. Uh, you know, everything uh, from the uh, uh, Cornetto Bay Bridge out to the mouth of the bay. But this past week, you had a chance to take some clients out and actually get into that back bay fishing. And, and how did that do for you guys? That's been doing really well, John. It's all been about uh, the sharks and rays, more rays than anything. But uh, that water's been warm. That water is extremely warm, as a matter of fact. And it's been, it's been fun because of it, uh, you know, as far as what we do and how we've adjusted things or what we've done in the past. And, you know, it's like learning the whole place all over again for me. So it's, it's kind of a, a thrilling frustration at the same time, you know. No <laughs> days are, are alike. Well, you know, uh, to keep your clients, and especially uh, a lot of times when you have the kids coming aboard, to keep them into fish, that's a big thing. And, but boy, there's no better place to take them than in the back bay to keep them constantly hooked up. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's been fun because there's been a, a good uh, – Pinhead anchovy run, and under those birds where the anchovies are popping up, there's been plenty of mackerel to help us get some shark bait and keep the kids active and, and participating. And then not only that, but uh, you never know when you might catch a, a nice bass or even a nice halibut out of all that, and we've been doing a little bit of both. Wow. That's that pretty sounds... fun stuff right there. You know, how oh, much yeah. does the red crab affect your, uh, your fishing gym as they kind of come in and push out? You know, in San Diego Bay, not too much. Um, or along the kelp line and in Mission Bay, a lot. There's a lot of red crab happening out there, Stan. And one thing that I found is, you know, rockfish are never too picky to begin with, but you drop nope. a red crab there, and his, his days are numbered. I mean, his minutes are numbered, I should say. <laughs> well, you know, why is that? Is 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 the Does the red crab that you put on a hook look different than the red crab that's swimming around? Or could it be that maybe the red crab are only between 20 and 40 feet when you get down a little bit deeper than that uh, and a red crab shows up, all of a sudden it's uh, dinner time? I think that's it, John. I think, you know, as a general rule, the red crab are usually not dropping quite down 110, 120 feet where we are. So we're we're putting them on that uh, little dropper loop. I mean, we're just getting them a little closer to those rockfish. They don't have to swim up as high, and uh, and they are. I mean, so if you're out there and you see those red crab in the 40, 50-foot range, you'd be surprised how many rockfish are coming up off the bottom to eat them. But if you drop it down just a little bit closer to them, the big, lazy ones are even better. So it's been pretty fun. We've gotten a lot of sheep's head lately that way. Oh, that's wow. good. Well, sheep's head will eat a crawdad in a heartbeat, so makes sense to me. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Jim, it sounds like uh, you're setting yourself up for a good summer. And uh, if people want to get a hold of you, find out how's the best way to uh, to fish, the places that you go to. How's the best way to go about doing it? Well, they can always reach me on the website, thefishicon.com, or give us a call at 619-395-0799. Now, Jim, just briefly, I have to hear, you know, you sort of like have a, Uh, Another whole career that's been going here for a little while, and uh, uh, you're a professional uh, artist when it comes to music. Uh, You just had a a gig coming along. How did that turn out for you? 
Oh, it was great, John. We're actually, uh, that, that was a type of thing where we basically auditioned with four songs, and uh, the fourth one be an option, which everybody called for, so that's always nice. After you finish the third song, they want another. Good. And uh, after that audition, now we actually have a date slotted that we're going to play. So we're and- going to get a full set here in August, and that's at uh, Navajo Live, which is a beautiful little spot, like somewhere, it's kind of, I'd say, somewhere between uh, San Carlos and uh, La Mesa. It's kind of out off, right off Navajo and Jackson. It's a pretty neat little place. Right, and uh, what are you guys doing? What type of music are you playing? We're playing original rock and roll, but with uh, kind of that uh, early surfer uh, vibe. So it's kind of that 1960s, 2 to 65 surfer type sound. So it's really cool music. It's, uh, you know, basic, easy stuff that anybody can dance to, sing along with, and uh, just have a good time. All right. Perfect. Hey, Captain James, we'll keep track of you on Facebook, just at James Nelson on Facebook. Uh, James uh, posts a lot of pictures and comments about uh, his clients that he takes out. And also, he has a little information on his music, too. And Captain James is also into finishing uh, uh, old guitars. And, James, I saw the last one you did. Pretty neat. Yeah, thanks. I kind of like it. It's a little little project of mine, doing something a little different with the guitar and having fun with it. I'll have to text you a picture of my guitar, buddy. You'll like it. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Same here, James. I've got an old Harmony from uh, 1962. So. There hey. you go. Hey, that's James Nelson, the fish icon. Captain James, you have a great week. We look forward to speaking to you Thanks, next James. Sunday night on Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, Wendy, you're getting ready now for a, a trip. Why don't you tell us about what you're going to be doing? Well, I'm jumping on my annual trip. It's the Turner's Iser Line Independence Trip. It's uh, five days. We're leaving the day after 4th of July, so we're leaving on Tuesday. I have no idea where we're going to go, but I know we're going to have a lot of fun, and I might be friends at the 43. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, th- I don't think you're going to have to go much farther. Stan? I was going to say, I know there's a group leaving here. I just talked to a guy that was uh, on the, leaving on a trip, I think he was on an eighth day on the Indy. Uh, they were headed down, they were going to head down to Cedros because of the grouper that were going down there, uh, along with uh, Yellowtail, and then uh, some of my friends just got off a trip, uh, coming back off a seven-day trip, and they said it was wide open Yellowtail down at Alejos Rocks, along with uh, uh, some Wahoo, too, not as much because the Wahoo had been hit pretty good, but... The the good sign is they're seeing a lot of fish. Um, so, you know, that stuff will be moving up pretty quick. You should have a pretty fun trip, girl. Hey, well, you know what you missed last week, Stan, is last week I ended up going to Catalina, and I was coming home from the east end. We were about halfway home heading to Huntington Harbor, and we ran across tuna. Really? Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> Now we're talking, girlfriend. So they, they are here, and they were moving fast. We were actually on our way in because we had a um, a wheel fall off of our trailers, um, so we had to hurry up and get in. So we we only took a few casts, and then we had to go. But I wish we would have been able to play for a little while. Well, you that's know, good stuff. Wendy, how are you gearing up on, on a trip uh, like this where – you don't really have a good idea where you're going. Uh, uh, how are you gearing up with tackle? Well, I'm bringing everything from probably 25 pounds all the way up to 100 pounds. 
I I'm I have my Spectra on. I'll just change out my top shots, um, but definitely going to bring the heavy gear. And if we run into those loose ends, I'm going to start heavy. And if they're not biting the heavy string, then then I'll drop down. But uh, um, I've got everything from surface baits, subsurface baits to um, iron. I mean, I'm, I I can I can fish every section of the water column. Well, take take a couple of the pink flat falls with you <laughs> if you're going back down that direction. Just happen to watch uh, a couple of pieces that um, the guys that had caught some of that bigger tuna, they were out there. There was three different ones, and all of them had that pink one hanging out of them. So just a thought. Well, you know, I had, uh, we've got Lori Fletcher on. She's going to be on with us uh, in the uh, next segment. And... Uh, I'd like you girls to talk a little bit about uh, some of the diversification that you're going to be taking in your fishing gear because, as Lori said... Did you just give me a new last name? You said Lori Fletcher. <laughs> Boy, you know, I'm lucky I know, I know my I own got, lane today. I didn't know I got Lori, Lori Heath. He's just really nervous with you sitting next to him. I, well, you know, Stan, I haven't had anyone this good smelling next, uh, you know, good smelling next to me in a long time. <laughs> And it's got it's it's got me uh, it's got me a little uh, uh, flambustered here. <laughs> hey, Lori, anyway. don't feel bad because I've known John for I don't know how long, and he still can't pronounce my name. Oh, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, what is the the correct pronunciation, Wendy? Tochihara. I got that. <laughs> Tochihara. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I, I want you girls, you know, Lori was talking about how she's starting to use diverse lures right now, other than, you know, the, the stuff that maybe uh, you'll go into the tackle store and the guys will tell you, hey, you got to use this because everyone's using this and it catches fish. And, and, and it was evident because uh, Lori's last fish came off of something that you don't hear a lot of people uh, fishing with. So we're going to want to talk to you girls about how to do that. And, uh, and maybe she can throw some, uh, some hints your way where uh, you can do something a little different and maybe come home with that big fish, Wendy. Yeah, all right. Oh, I'm sure she knows more than I do. But <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> hey, guys, we're going to take a break right now. we got Stan Vandenberg uh Wendy uh, Toshiharo with us. We've got uh, Lori Heath. She's here. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, offshore fishing. We're going to obviously be talking about women in fishing, how much fun it is. So stay tuned. There's more to come on Rod Real Radio. We'll be back right after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford now. 
Lowe's Trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And we want to welcome you all back to Rod Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's here tonight. So is Wendy Toshahar. Special guest for this hour is uh, Lori Heath, uh, Lady Fisherman extraordinaire. And uh, let's introduce our listening audience to Lori right now. Lori, if uh, people didn't know you were with us... (laughs) Welcome to Rod Real Radio. Hi, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. I'd rather be fishing, but I'm happy and happy to be invited. I have to tell you. <laughs> thank you, Lori. Hey, you know, <laughs> if the fish weren't biting, I'd say. <laughs> uh, obviously, you are an avid lady fisherman. But where'd this all start? Actually, I was three years old. My dad and my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather had a pontoon boat up in uh, in Minnesota, nor- northern Minnesota, and we'd go out fishing all the time. And my dad said, you have to learn how to bait your fish, I mean your hook, and you also have to learn how to, to clean your fish. And that's the only way we could do it. And so there were six of us, and I was the youngest of six, and it just started there. Now, when fishing up there, were you, did you like all species? I mean, yeah. were smallmouth, walleye, pike, whatever it was that you could get? Yeah, and I was only there a short time until I was five and then uh, moved to California. My dad was military-based, and um, then I would do uh, lake fishing for trout. Um, Lake Lake Almanor, I lived up there for a while, and Lake Tahoe, did a lot of trout fishing. Um, Went from trout to a little bit of bass fishing, and um, from that moved to Santa Cruz, 
where I did more ocean fishing. And then I would also travel, and I've been to Belize and to Mexico and different places and um, uh, catching the larger fish, which actually was my addiction. I found out I like it more than lake fishing now. And what brought you back uh, down to the Southern California area right now? Um, well, up north, actually, um, Frank Ely, he owns a, a bait and tackle place there in the boat rentals um, in Capitola. I lived right there, like, 100 feet from the wharf. I caught my first white sea bass there. Um, I was on a boat, and there was squid everywhere, and I threw a ceviche out and used live squid. And that day, I ended up catching a 30-pound salmon also and a uh, 24-pound halibut in the same day. Made the papers, and it was just fun and exciting. And then um, my boyfriend uh, had got a job up here, or down here, excuse me, I should say, the San Diego Blood Bank. By the way, everybody give blood. It's very important. They need it. And um, uh, he got a job down here, and so I decided to move down here with him. I visited a few times, started fishing with him, and I went, wow, this yellowtail fishing is off the hook. No pun intended. It was amazing. And I go, I can't wait to come down here. It's way better. It's uh, up north is seasonal. Down here, it's almost year-round with certain types of species. You can fish year-round, and I like that. Well, what got you to go out on a sports fishing boat to begin with? Because a lot of times, you know, a lot of men on the boat, you might feel a little bit intimidated. Or did you just say, darn the torpedoes and full speed ahead? (laughs) The men don't intimidate me. (laughs) My nicknames have a nickname, but... I love it. <laughs> I don't. I the men don't intimidate me. I actually go in there. I can hold my own. I'm a very independent woman, and my nickname is Wolverine for a reason. And my guy gave me that name. <laughs> All right. And um, perfect. We usually had our own boat. We've had our own boat before, but um, he found the Malahini was a, a boat he found out of H and M, and we went out on that. It's our first boat, and we went on there very confused with not the right tackle. Not the right stuff that we needed, but we figured that out very quickly. Boy, that that sounded great. Now, you know, uh, I met you, uh, or I've seen you around, but I actually met you through the Yellowtail Derby, uh, mm-hmm. 2016 Yellowtail Derby, mm-hmm. and a lot of men fishing in that. There were a few women. Uh, Katerina Eckert was in there and Nancy Ortiz and a number of other women, but Boy, you were the gal that shined uh, this year. You did real well in the uh, Yellowtail Derby. Oh, well, thanks. Um, I got lucky, actually. Uh, It's my first time doing a tournament. um, And I just, I wish I would have done better, but I was actually going for the bluefin the last few weeks. Um, I really wanted to concentrate on that and hit each category. Um, But I only got into the the Yellowtail and also the Halibut, which was really great. Um, The Halibut, actually, I caught out of Oceanside. Uh, My friend uh, Chris Kaiser, he does a lot of charters him and his girlfriend, Rika, and we went on the Ocean 95 out of um, Rick's boat, Captain Rick. It was amazing, and uh, fishing with live squid, which is, I love live squid. And I caught um, a uh, almost close to a 14-pound halibut, which isn't very big. And my guy was telling me, oh, that's too small to weigh, too small. And I go, no, we're bringing it in. We're going to weigh it. Always sure weigh enough. your fish, Lori. Always yeah. weigh your fish. That's yes. a tournament rule. Yep, and even my yellowtail that got the first prize for the first day. He says, that's too small. Don't worry about it. I go, no, I'm weighing it. And I won the first day prize. (laughs) You know, it it always seems like uh, men have a lot of role models that they can Mm -hmm. emulate, especially here in fishing. Uh, uh, You know, Stan, Wendy, and I uh, have 
been into freshwater and saltwater fishing for a long time, known a lot of people uh, in the industry, uh, a lot of people have helped us get started. How about some of the people uh, that have been role models in your life when it comes to fishing, besides your pop? Uh, besides my dad, actually, my fiance Rob Tressler, um, he's helped me out a lot, and I'm sorry I have to say that. Um, he's he's taught me a lot. Um, um, one thing you have to learn in this industry is to have a lot of patience. I'm very hyper. I like to work out. Um, I'm just a very go-go-getter. Um, so I have to learn patience, and uh, fishing has taught me that, especially this type of fishing. Um, some days you go out and you don't catch anything. It's actually fishing, not catching. And I love that that fact of it. But the, some of the people that have really um, impacted me has been um, is Jerry Sue. Um, Jerry Sue, uh, I can't pronounce her last name, but it's Bethram. And she's a cook on the Malahini. She can cast a country mile. She can keep up with the boys. Seriously. And I am so... I'm in so awe of her. This woman can catch fish. She's been doing it for years. She's experienced. And I'm, I want to be her. And she can cook it. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> she can yeah, I love Jerry Sue. Jerry Sue used to work on the searcher in all my trips. Oh, nice. Jerry Sue and uh, what an amazing, amazing person Jerry Sue is. She is. She's an amazing woman. And ask her if you want a Robbie sandwich next time she'll make it for you. It's $10, but it's a great sandwich. My boyfriend actually created it. Um, so, um, What's she, it called? It's called the, the Robbie. The Robbie, huh? Yeah, you want that. It's really good. It's a heart attack on a you know, on a plate, but you want it. <laughs> oh, you're fishing. You're going to wear it off. Yeah, you're going to wear it off. <laughs> exactly. All right. Just go out and catch the big ones. And another one is uh, it's a girl I just recently met. Her name is Teresa um, uh, Sampson. She's amazing. I sat there and watched her on the 095, and this girl caught a mako shark. She caught every kind of strange species I've ever seen, but the way she handles her fish, the way she ties all her own ties and handles all her own gear and brings in those fish, it's amazing. And, um, yeah, she's been fishing for 35 years. She's somebody to look out for. There's some new people that are around here um, that I've been seeing uh, as far as women fishing and uh, young ones. There's a girl named Dallas. She owns her own boat. I just met her recently on a girls' trip on the Vendetta. Nick and Ray are great. Um, Jessica Cano, she did a girls' trip, and we had a blast. We ended up catching, out of 12 girls, we caught two yellowfin and a uh, bluefin. It was a challenge with the boys, and so uh, and we had a great time. We had we partied, had fun, and uh, we caught fish, which was great. Well, let's talk about catching fish a little bit. What sure. are some of the techniques that you employ when you go fishing? Um, I'm actually the thing that attracts me the most. I like surface iron fishing. It's the one thing I learned first. Um, I couldn't catch a yellowtail on a yo-yo to save my life. And it frustrated me, but uh, surface iron was really great. Once the, the fish um, were not on the surface anymore, I had to learn yo-yo. And um, I ended up buying a new Avid uh, yo-yo uh, reel, and it actually helped me. And I started to learn to be able to catch them on that. Um, I think having the right gear is really important. I think having the right uh, lines, like we're talking about, uh, you need to be able to have the proper setups um, I like to be able to go in and design my own thing. I use freshwater baits. I know it sounds crazy, but it works. And I like to do, um, I don't think, <laughs> I actually use rattlers. I put rattlers in my hammerheads in the tails, and it kind of gives a reaction bite and makes a little sound and kind of messes up if you're going for some sand bass, if you're doing some half-day um, boat uh, trips on, like, the Premier or something like that. Um and Wendy, you know, when it comes to gear, too, you can probably relate to that, that, 
you know, just don't go out and buy something to be buying something because right. you normally have to rebuy it again in order to upgrade or whatever it is. And and you probably know that too. And going out and getting good gear, how that uh, uh, works out well for you. You know, for me, especially because of my size, I'm only five feet tall. I can't just go in a store, go get a rod off the shelf, go run out and, and go fish it because I don't have the, the length in my arms. The rod butts are too long. So it's really important to, to be able to know what you want to get, what you want to use it for, and then take it to a tackle store, an independent tackle store, and have it fitted towards you. That's but true. also... Um, I have small hands, and so some of the reels, um, when I first started out, were just really heavy for me, and now I have all avets. I love my avets, and they are so light and easy to cast, and they fit in my hands. I love so, avets, too. Yeah, so, you know, for, for, and for a female, you know, it's a lot different. I, I like to use the rail, um, it, it, it's real simple to do. I'm short. I can't even see over the rail <laughs> to see if I have fish to color. You know, so it's a little, it's a little different for me. You're, you look like you're a little taller. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, but for women, you have to get something that fits you. And, and I like to, when I buy something, I don't like to buy something where, oh, well, you know, that's a great deal, you know, for the money. I like to start off with the good stuff. I don't oh, want to have to, 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 you know, in a couple years say, oh, well, you know, I use that and it's broken. I don't need it anymore. I have to get a fix. I, go out, get the good stuff, and you don't even have to worry about it. That's, That's right. So true. Uh, yeah, two points you guys made that were good. Uh, one, Lori, you were talking about, you know, you, you switched reels uh, to the uh, of it and you started catching more yellowtail. Speed is a real factor on your jigs. Um, being able to slow it down and or speed it up, especially on a yo-yo iron, uh, yo-yo iron, you need to be able to pull that up as fast as you possibly can. So you're something like an HX Ovets, you know, where you pick up 54 inches of line in a, in a 56 inches, whatever that is, and a turn of the handle makes a big difference. And then when Wendy was talking about um, the rod length, you know, have you buy one off the shelf if you're and why a lot of people have them custom made, you can you can choose where to put the reel and and how it fits in your hand and how it it sets in you, the rod butt at your waist and where you want your forearm. A lot of those things make a big difference, and a lot of times, I, I don't know how you set yours up, Wendy, but um, the length of where you, if you grab the rod uh, and, and you put the, the rod butt somewhere around where your elbow is so that it's comfortable to uh, grab the rod and have the, the reel in your hand and the elbow and your rod butt is around your elbow is where it is most comfortable for most people. So, you know, if you're, you're out there and you're having trouble, you can always take rods in and have them sometimes even cut an inch or two off of the butt if it's really getting in your way. And some people like it a little longer, some shorter. But that's kind of the rule of thumb. And that was a good point, Wendy. And also, uh, what I, I think is important, too, is when you're level winding, is also to make sure that um, the length of your fingers, like Wendy was talking about, and the size of your hands do matter, because when you're level winding, you want to make sure you can, um, and my my fiancé actually brought this up, um, I just bought a, an Acura Fury 500, and I really wanted the 600. He talked me out of it, and I'm glad he did, because actually the level winding is perfect for my hand size and the length of it. 
and um, it's you have to make sure you can be able to um, level wind that that straight because when you're going to cast it, you're going to have problems if it's not um, um, leveled. I mean, level winded on straight. Sorry. Yep. I'm skipping on my words. Sorry. That's all right. No, no but no, that, you're very correct. You're absolutely correct on that. You don't want to. A lot of people don't move the line back and forth with a thumb, and they get a wad in the middle. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden the reel fr- freezes up when they're reeling the fish in. you got to put her back in the freeze pool, let her go back out a little bit, and then start winding it from one side back to it so you don't uh, stick the rod or stick it in the middle. What happens, too, when you make a cast and it's built up on one side or in the middle or whatever else, the reel speed, at the, when it's the line is the highest uh, and is it, the reel starts taking off, you have to use more thumb on that reel and make sure you're you're throwing it on the you know where your reel handle is up in the air or you're spinning on an axis straight up and down that helps control the speed of the line as it goes out got bearings on both sides and all the reels that are out there uh, and it'll make your casting better uh, but all of the, there's little pieces of the puzzle that make big differences yeah that's true well also you happen to mention uh, the variety of lures that you use and that you know, looking at the freshwater lures has sort of like help you diversify it a little bit and help you catch more fish. Uh, yeah, actually, I went in. Um, my fiance's got a bunch of bass gear, and I love it. And I go in there, and <laughs> I I sneak in there and go through it all because it's he's got boxes and boxes, and I love it, and brand new stuff too. And I go in there and I look at, at just kind of stuff that I think that might be intriguing. And I think a fish is a fish is my theory. And if you're going to be going like for uh, half day um, uh, bottom fishing. A bass is a bass, right? So I actually use the fresh bass lure stuff that he has, and it works. And like I said, I actually take those. Um, it's the uh, the rattlers. I take those and I embed them in a lot of mine to be able for the sound. I put an extra weight inside the body also. I actually add that to the hook of the head of the hammer. head bodies as I'm putting them on. I actually adhere a little extra weight to give it so it dives a little faster. And that way the tail will wiggle more, and that way you'll hear the rattler inside of it. And it's been working. I had a really so good Lori, story. One, yeah. One one thing you you might really like is Mega Strike makes a really uh, cool spinner bait, and it goes all the way up to two ounces. I have seen that. And um, you know we've been using spinner baits in fresh in saltwater and freshwater for a long time, and um, these are they have a heavier gauge wire, and they are so much fun. They catch tuna, you name it, they catch everything. So crankbait, all that kind of stuff that all works out in the ocean. Um, a lot of a lot of us have been been doing that, fishing these uh, inshore bass tournaments and stuff, and it's a lot of fun. Oh, I'll definitely have to try those. Hey guys, Thanks. we got to take a break right now. Lori Heath is our special guest. We're talking about uh, fishing in general. We're talking about women in fi- uh, fishing. Some of the particular uh, elements of fishing that they have to pay uh, certain concerns to that. Not necessarily the men do, but they can still keep up with us. We're finding out really well. Hey, this is Rod Real Radio on AM540 or at rodreelradio.com. Stay tuned. There's a lot more to come after these messages. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. 
H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is un equaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. And we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, uh, uh, we've got Stan and Wendy in the house right now. Lori Heath is with us. Uh, we're talking about ladies and fishing. And Lori and uh, Wendy, I, I want to address this uh, question to you. Women are always concerned about their skin, especially their face and everything like that. Now, the guys, you know, they think they're going, you know, staying in the sun and getting suntanned and all this stuff is, is a great thing. Uh, but I know you're worried about uh, skin care. And Wendy and, and Lori, Wendy, why don't you start off first? Is there anything particular that you do to help protect yourself? Uh, yeah, you know, actually, uh, no matter what, whether I'm fishing or not, I wear sunscreen every single day. And you need to wear at least. I need to wear at least 30 uh, sunscreen, but I also wear the buffs, like the VC Girls buff. Um, that covers my face when it's extremely hot, and also those SPF shirts, the long sleeve and the short sleeve, and always I wear a visor or a hat. Right. And, Lori, how about yourself? Because, 
you know, with as often as you're going out, you've got to uh, you know take special care of yourself. Yeah, I fish two, um, three to four days a week. Um, I actually use a my dermatologist gave me um, an item which actually you can order it online or you can uh, go into your local um, skin skin place there and get it. It's a um, it's called Tizo Three. It has a zinc base, which actually blocks out totally, and you can use it on your chest and your face. And it actually has a little skin, uh, like a, a, a tint to it. So you're not wearing the white stuff all over you. And, and for women, it you know makes you feel better if you don't have to have all that white on you. I also, um, like Wendy uh, said, I like the hats, the SPF um, shirts and things like that, um, which are great. And um, and this uh, Taizo actually has, it's a 40 um, SPF and it just works amazing and I put it on twice a day during during the fishing time that I'm there. It lasts about up to six hours. All right, I'll give you another one that we've been. I've been. I found this stuff at, actually at the ASA show a long while back um, because it, it was the same thing. It's a zinc-based product. It's called nice. Soul Sunscreen S O L. Uh, a lot of the times you can find it at the uh, the marinas that you're fishing out of and and in the, some of the sporting goods stores and. Uh, unfortunately, it has the white stuff. <laughs> it's, it does. It's white, but you can put it on and rub it in and thin, and you have total protection, uh, like you guys are talking about. You don't have to uh, put it on and make keep it white to to make it work. But we've been using it on all of our long range trips, and and I started using it because when you put it on, you can put it on your face, and you don't sweat, and it doesn't get into your eyes and bleed. Even I mean, uh, you know, make them weep um, when you're you're sweating, uh, which is one of the best things, even when you're out there on on these trips, when you're you're fishing offshore here for the the hotter weather, if you put the wrong stuff on and you're on these fish for 40 minutes, you're going to start sweating and it starts dripping into your eyes. You're going to know about it if you haven't got the right product. That's so true. And um, when you're out there and you happen to get sunburned, what a really good thing to do right away is you should just take one baby aspirin. Um, I know this because my um, my man's a uh, cancer research scientist, and it works. Um, take it right away as soon as you can if you do um, if you're out there too long and you do get burned. It's very important. Really? See, that's yes. a new one. I haven't heard that one. That's a good one. Well, you know, why do you think you listen to Ron Real Radio? You know, you get well, all the you latest. Learn some, you learn something every day, and there is baby aspirin and sunburn. Yeah. Now. Laurie, what type of trips do you like? Uh, what do you recommend for ladies that might first be starting out? Because it seems like you've had the opportunity to know some people that know people, and you've gotten to, to go aboard the boats and everything like that. But there's a there's a large group of women, I think, that would like to get in fishing. They go to events like Day at the Docks. They see a great time that everybody's having. How do you recommend that someone gets gets into fishing like this? Uh, well, actually, when I came here, we didn't know a single soul. So, and I think when you get here, don't be afraid to go on a boat by yourself. Don't be afraid to go into your um, to H and M, your tackle store, and talk to them and um, ask them what you're going to need. And I would suggest a half day to start off with. And don't be afraid to talk to the deckhands once you get on that boat. Make sure you have your proper um, ID and fishing license and things like that. Um, and just talk to them and, and tell them it's your first time and let them help you and they will give you, they will set you up and get to know their names. And then you meet a lot of people on the boats too, which is great. You meet other women anglers. And then once you start there and you realize you have a passion for it, you start liking it, um, you start moving forward. You can start going on the three-quarter days, which you do need your passport for. And you just start building a rapport with not only the, the boats, um, the landings, also the people. Really, really great people. I've, we've built 
almost like families um, at the landings that we've been fishing at, different boats, different places, and great people. And I think it's really important for women to know they can even go by themselves. It's really nice. You shouldn't be intimidated. And actually, they like you. The, the boats like for women to ask more questions, or even men that don't know how to fish, because there are men that go on for the first time, too. And I'm willing, I've learned a lot, and every time I see somebody, I share my knowledge, what I've learned. And every single day, I learn something new. And I'm open to, to somebody suggesting things to me to tell me this, because that's the only way you're going to learn. Right. And, so, John? Yeah. So, one of, one of the things that I learned early on when I started fishing bass tournaments was to fish with as many different people as yep. possible. True. And not because... You can learn from all these different people. If you fish with the same person all the time, you just fish that way. But yeah. when you start fishing with other people and on other people's boats or, or whatever, you'll learn their techniques and you get to see what's working best and then you can choose to use that technique or not. But also, if you see someone on the boat that's catching a lot of fish, go up to them and ask them, what are you doing different? Yep. Also, um, we have a all-women's trip coming up the end of August on the searcher and it's for women of any experience when it comes to fishing but we're gonna we're gonna teach women or our goal is to teach women from the beginning all the way to the end on how to rig how to reel in your your fish how to how to prepare your fish every, everything you want to know about fishing and we're going to have fun doing it that's awesome you know Lori, i i think we've seen too that there have been a lot of trips that have uh, been running now that are targeting all women. I know uh, Ray Summers on the Vendetta. Yep. He's uh, targeted a few, and I think Mike on the Relentless. He's got something going. And and if women are feeling uh, a little apprehensive to getting together with the men, there are some great trips just for the women. And, and i got to tell you, that sounds like it'd be one heck of a good time. Oh, it is. And the women are just, it, it's like Wendy said, there's women that are, are like advanced fisherwomen or fishermen. <laughs> and then there's the beginners. And everybody, and they help each other. And that's what's great. We're here to support each other. And when the one girl, um, uh, Belinda, she actually um, just survived pancreatic cancer. And she has diabetes. Wow. Yes. And she brought in, uh, I think it was a 78.5 um, bluefin. It took her about a little over an hour, but um, it was great. And Nick was right there. We were on the Vendetta, and Ray was there, and they were giving her her soda when she needed it for her sugar levels. And she brought that thing in, and we cheered her on, and we were – it was the best high we all got. We all thought we caught the fish because it was so exciting. And that's how women are. We come together like that, and that's why I like this fishing community. We're not out to, like – there's no drama or anything. It's just we all work together and help each other. And I would love to be able to find out more about that trip. Um, that Wendy's you, Wendy. got going. Yeah, yeah, that would be oh, great. Sure. Wendy, you know what? You guys ought to go to Costco and and pick up Zip Fizz, um, all natural product that will keep you from cramping up and keep your hands from swelling up uh, at the end of the day and help you sleep better at night. Because if you start pulling on that big fish, you're out there for five days. Mm-hmm. You're going to be, need to be replenished with your uh, electrolytes and uh, the vitamins, and uh, that is our favorite product. For long-range fishing is zip wow. you mean my you mean my crown won't work well, no no you have to mix i i mix mine with scotch <laughs> you know, you know wendy if you can you know you I'll were mentioning you know a lot of people know you that you're a little smaller in statue you know uh, just the fact that 
you know, you're more of a petite lady, but you are a lioness when it comes to bringing in fish. What are Amen some of the there. yeah? What are some <laughs> of the the techniques that you imply uh, employ when you have a large fish? Uh, definitely using the rail and learning how to use the boat and the ocean um, for you, not against you. Yep. You know, and it, yeah, go on. You know, so so like that when when I caught that opa, I didn't I didn't I had no idea how long it took me to get it in. But there was a guy who was videotaping the opa, my opa being caught. And it was, after I watched the video, it was full-on textbook using the rail. And I started at the, uh, at the bow, went to the corner stern on the port side. It took six minutes and 39 seconds to get in a 73-pound wow. opa. And that was because I was using the rail and I had that technique. And it's, it, I'm not a big person, and so for me to stand up there and, and and pump a fish and you know you know be a he-man and, and do that you know that takes a lot out of you this way i can just get right back out there and go again and again and again all day long i love it you know and also you were familiar uh, wendy with another technique steve carson talked about it a lot last week with the a spinning rod and how to bring in big fish with a spinning rod why, why don't you uh, relate that over to us and maybe how the ladies can use that um, I don't remember what he said. <laughs> okay. What what he would do is he would point towards the fish and then he would move oh, yes. back from the rail. He would reel in and move front and actually go back and forth on the rail with a spinning rod to to bring the fish in, and uh, that that proved to be an extremely effective technique for him too. Yeah, a lot of people like to um, um, point their rod tip at the water. So you're so you're you're pointing down and you're pulling back. So you're kind of pulling up and you're doing little short short strokes and pulling up short strokes, pull up short strokes. Um, that that a lot of people do it that way. I, I prefer using the rail. That's the easiest for me and and definitely short pumps are the way to go. Well, you know the one thing about pointing the rod at the fish, Wendy, you can't do that because you can't get it over the rail there. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be that's the problem first. I, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the other thing with a spinning reel, you, you there's no you can't get any torque. Uh, it's just the physics of the way that the reel is made. You can turn the handle, but it's hard to get really torque like you can on a on the winch that is the bait casting reels. You know, uh, you can turn the handle. You got gears direct to the uh, to the um, piston that goes to underneath the the spool there, and your or the shaft that goes underneath the spool. So your torque ratios are different on that. So you, it, the, the backing up and holding the spool and then walking forward with the spinning reel makes sense. <laughs> but they're not the most functional when you, you have a big fish on because uh, you can't put the spinning reel on the rail. Well, I have a story for you that for you that the spinning reel, I call it my coffee grinder. Yep. I can kick. I can cast a, a spinning reel a country mile, too. That is the one yep. good thing about it. But when you do get a big fish on, which I did when we were over in the Coronado Islands, um, I had a, I got a big yellow on, a home guard, and I was bringing it in, and um, it was so difficult. Um, but I did use the rail, like Wendy suggested, and um, by the time I brought, was bringing it in, I got it up to the boat, and the reel broke off the rod. <laughs> I yep. was I was so upset, and then Captain Mike from uh, Mike Z from the, the Malahiti comes down. He goes, "We're not losing that." And he starts grabbing the line and literally bringing it in, and it ended up being like a 38 pounder, which for a spinning reel, yeah, it ended up being great. It was a week before the tournament, I do have to say, 
um, the International Yellowtail Tournament, and I was a little upset that it, I caught the big one right before. But, yeah, uh, spinning reels, I've actually retired mine for a little while. I'd rather stay with the conventionals. Hey, so guys. If you're, if you're fishing for bigger fish, they're not as effective. There are guys that like the challenge. Right. And there are reels out there that are made for that style of fishing, very heavy, and, and they put the drag on. You still have to figure out how to make the torque of the reel work for the big fish. And that takes a lot of pulling. So. All right. Hey, Stan, Wendy, Laurie, we got to take a break right now. Laurie, we're going to uh, uh, go on uh, with Zach Soren here in, in the next segment, but I want to thank you for being with us. Don't go away. Because I think Zach's got a story you want to listen to, too, but we want to thank you very much yeah, for being here Yeah, thank you so very that. much. And, um, you know, please donate blood, everybody, if you get a chance. And if you can, um, please give blood. The San Diego Blood Bank really needs it. I, I understand. And, Rob, thanks a lot thank for you. bringing Lori over here. I know she came over here kicking and screaming, but I'm so happy we had the opportunity to talk with you all. I'll be on the Malahini tomorrow. Yeah, hey, uh, <laughs> stick around. We're going to take a break right now also. There was a uh, passing of a legend in our industry we're going to try and talk about before we get off the air here. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Ron Real Radio to come after these messages. Thank you, John. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those of you who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook. Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASS-BOAT. Call one 800 227 
888-627-7262 or just spell Bass Boat. 1-800-BASS-BOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASS-BOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod Reel Radio. Now we have uh, Zach Zorn with us. He was one of three young anglers that managed to come back not only with a memorable catch in this year of memorable catches, but also had one heck of an adventure. That And he's on here to talk with us about it. Zach, welcome to Rod Reel Radio. Hey, thank you for having me. Well, Zach, this has been one heck of a year for you and your buddies for fishing. But, you know, I guess what we're looking at to get right to the chase you had what some people would think is a fish of a lifetime, and the circumstances around it were just incredible. Tell us a little bit about your adventure and what you caught. It was definitely a fish of a lifetime and, and a fight of a lifetime for sure. So last Sunday, actually a week ago today, we were actually hooked up right now. Um, my friend Seth Dubois, myself, and another friend Joseph Anders, uh, we've been fishing on Seth's 22-foot Riballo. So, I mean, it's a bay boat doesn't have a rail. It's not really meant for going offshore, fit, you know, fighting a couple hundred pound fish. Yeah, and, <laughs> and where were you, Zach? Where were we? Yeah. You were at yeah, the... we, we were headed towards the 43 <laughs> um, out of Newport. Okay. And, you know, and were you just, did you just get an inkling or had you been going out regularly for this big fish or were you throwing the dice this time and saying conditions are right? Let's do it. Well, for the, about three weeks prior, we've kind of been chasing the fish, you know, from the 425 all the way up to the 43. But we couldn't really get anything over 100 pounds. We got about 15, 80 to, like, 90-pound bluefin, you know, which are, which are nice fish. But we've been wanting one over 100. So I finally managed myself. I was out on the Sea Bandit to get a 134 on the popper. Okay. Um, and then we got reports that there's bigger fish moving into the 43. So two days prior to our trip on Sunday, we went out to the zone and got a 136 on a slow-chilled mackerel. And so instead of fishing bass at San Clemente Island, we're like, let's tuck out shore one more time um, and see if we can get a bigger one. And sure enough, um, we put our slow-chilled mackerel around noon last Sunday, and we hooked into the, to that big fish, fish of a lifetime. Right. Now, were you uh, uh, trolling a number of mackerel in a particular pattern, or, or how were you trolling uh, these, or were you trolling artificial mackerel? Uh, tell us about your trolling pattern. Yeah, so when we got into the zone in the morning, the fish were acting pretty sluggish. They were kind of just boiling about and sticking their fins out of the water. They weren't uh, full foamers or anything like that. So we were just putting two mackerel, um, one on each corner, out the back of the boat and slow trolling it. And we'd run them very far behind the boat uh, just so that the fish was back behind the boat without um, being scared or anything. The fish seemed a little skittish. Okay. So we had 80 circle hooks to a 130 fluorocarbon leader uh, to 80-pound mono and then backed with a 100-pound spectra on Talica 25. Wow. And that turned out well. Tell us about this particular fish. How did it hit? And tell us about the battle that ensued. 
So it hit around noon, maybe 12.30, and we're just slow trolling. Um, we got a call into a zone from one of our buddy boats that, that he was seeing some bigger fish. So on our way over there, just slow trolling, right boat, right in gear, and the fish hits like a freight train. And the clicker just starts screaming. And so I give it like a five count, and I just ease the lever into strike, and it doesn't phase the fish whatsoever. And the clicker, clicker <laughs> no, goes quicker. Not on a 240. <laughs> and doesn't phase it whatsoever. And so I told my friend Seth, who's on the controls, I'm like, you need to start backing down. Because I'm just watching the line melt off the reel. So What kind of reel do you have? Like it, the Talica 25. Okay. Oh, man. So it has 400 yards of spectra and maybe another 200 yards of mono. It's a lot of line capacity. And... I keep bumping the lever up more and more and more. I didn't want to go to full strike yet, or um, I didn't want to go to full, but the drag was not phasing the fish whatsoever. So we backed down hard, enough to get out of the rod holder and get the fish to the bow so we could chase it down, you know? And we were able to gain some line after the initial run, and it just settled into a, a fight just back and forth. It would t- we would gain 20 yards, and it would take 40 type of deal. And how long did this go on for, Zach? Eight and a half hours. Wow. Lordy. <laughs> we, we hooked up around noon, 1230, and didn't get in the boat until about 9 o'clock at night. We were towed about 12 to 15 miles from our original spot uh, where we hooked up at. Now, I was uh, also told that while you guys were fighting this fish, you were also keeping in contact with people so that Everyone would know exactly what would be what was happening, and that no one would worry about you. Tell us about that. Yeah. So we had so the day prior, I had my good friend and mentor Pete Grosbeck out in the same zone on his '66 Viking, and they had fished that zone and caught a couple nice fish. So I called him the night before on the sat phone to get the the latest dope. So he filled us in on where to go, and so he was out there for for two days. So he was there on Sunday with us, along with Kyle Dickerson on the Pacific Pioneer, Andrea, and a couple other boats. So when we realized, so all day we were on the radio just talking to these guys. They were all hooking fish, um, and they were just giving us words of encouragement. But as it started to near sunset, Pete was heading back into San Diego. So he offered to call our parents for us using the dispatch radio he has on his boat, just to let them know, hey, your, your kids are okay but they're hooked into a big fish, and we don't know when they're going to be back type of deal. So thankfully to him, he was able to give our parents and people at home like, some peace of mind. Wow. Now tell us, uh, uh, it took you eight and a half hours to get this fish. So, you know, you never really saw color on it, I guess, because it was dark. When did you first see the fish? We first saw the fish about 25 feet down. Um, there was just enough light with the moon and just reflecting from just the ambient light that you can see that just the silver coming up. And at 25 feet down, it still looked pretty small. We didn't know what we had until we got about probably 15 feet under the boat. But just going from <laughs> 25 feet to 15 took, it seemed like a lifetime, but maybe 20 minutes because we're only getting a crank every circle type of deal. Now, after eight and a half hours, was the fish still alive or had it died? Oh, no, it was alive. 
Okay. It, tell, was, it was still mad. Tell we us, were almost dead. <laughs> tell us how you got the fish into the they, boat. They were dead. The fish was going well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were like, we can't do this any longer. We've got to get it now or we're done. How'd you get the so, fish in the boat? So Joe was on the rod, and this was his first time catching any tuna over 30 pounds also. So he learned really quick on how to fight a big fish. We couldn't have done it without all three of us. So it was a big team effort. Um, but he was on the rod. I was holding the rod down on the rail so that there's just the weight of the fish wouldn't pull the rod one way or the other when it's doing its circle so that he could focus on just getting a wind every circle. And Seth was standing on uh, a little bit farther behind us with the gas in hand ready to stick the fish. So every circle, it got a little closer, a little closer. But I knew we didn't want to try to dig for the fish with the gaff and miss, miss gaff it or hit the line or gaff and have, get its head pointed back down. So I knew we had to wait for the perfect shot. And uh, right, right under the water, Seth had the perfect shot and stuck it. I, was, I let go of the rod, grabbed the second gaff, put it in the fish, and then Joe dropped the rod or put it in the rod holder and got the third gaff in it. So at that point we knew uh, we had it, but now the next problem was lifting a 240-pound <laughs> fish over the rail. My there gosh. is that problem. <laughs> so we, we took a deep breath for, I don't know, maybe a minute there. We kind of looked at what we had. Still didn't know how big it was, really. And it took us two tries, but we were able to get it in the boat over the rail. But the boat's only, I think, seven feet wide. So where the fish landed is where we had to drive home with it because we couldn't spin it around in the boat, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. It was, uh, it was right under our feet. So we drove home with our feet on it with some ice. Uh, I, I spagling over the fish. Now, you got into uh, the marina. Uh, it's uh, What time did you get in, and who was there to greet you uh, to weigh the fish? So we get in at 1130. Um, I had called the Coast Guard as, after we had kind of secured the fish and before we made our journey home because we were out 50, 60 miles off uh, San Clemente, and I wanted the Coast Guard non-emergency call to know that we were out there and just kind of if they didn't hear back from us, then something happened. So they put us on 30-minute radio checks. Just We would update our location and status until we got back into Newport at 1130. Um, unfortunately, it was 1130, so the Balboa Angling Club was closed. So Seth's dad has a 50 Pacifica in Newport that we brought the fish over to, got it put in the kill bag, got it on ice, and got a couple hours of rest there until we could weigh the fish in in the morning. And what the fish finally go at, uh, Zach? It finally went at 240.2. Wow. Hi. And, and they are estimating uh, that with the amount of time that the fish was out of the water and with the gaffs that you put in it and everything like that, that it may have lost, uh, you know, uh, 12 to 15 pounds and could, could have been pretty close to uh, uh, an all-tackle record, but still an amazing catch. Oh, absolutely. We used the tape measure formula when we got back to the Pacifica, and that measurement came in at 256 pounds, which kind of coincides to it might have lost 12 to 15 pounds right there. Wow. Well, Zach, but, I, yeah, go on. But nonetheless, it was still, we were extremely pleased with the weight of the fish and pretty much still in shock. We look at the photo and it's just like, wow, like that actually happened. Well, Zach, on behalf of Rod and Reel Radio and all the listeners here, we want to congratulate you guys on going on out. And is this keeping you from going out again, or uh, uh, have you already been out since then? Absolutely not. We did a two-day 
uh, Friday and Saturday of this weekend, and we got another cow, a 212-pound fish on the skiff as well. But this fish, nice. not, I'm not kidding, we had it in in nine minutes. Oh, no kidding. Wow. We learned how to pull on them. And well, there is, a, there is a little bit to learn on uh, when you start fishing for cows, it's a different different ball game. Right rod, reel can make a big difference. And then once you learn how to pull on them and what you can put, how much pressure you can actually put on 80 to 100-pound string because you can't break it, um, you've got to stop the fish and get them turned up your direction and, and keep turning the handle. That's the only secret to that. But there are little techniques that help. And one thing, being on the fish and learning how to pull on them is, you know, that once you kind of get the hang of it, uh, it sticks with you and, you, and you'll take advantage of them on and on and on. As you catch those bigger fish now, you'll land them faster and faster. Yeah, absolutely. It was a major learning curve. After talking to guys like Grosbeck and other captains, they offered some good tips and even suggested getting a stand-up harness, so we did do that. We didn't need it, but we had it on standby um, in case we ever do hook, or not I should say in case, when we do hook a bigger fish later this season. How tall was the rail on that skiff? I'm on the little boat. I mean the first one on the flats boat. Well, there's no rail, metal rail. It's just uh, up on the bow, there is no, there's no ledge. There's a one-inch ledge. As you go back on the console, it might be a foot and a half tall. Oh, yeah, you're fishing at a flats boat. I was, when you said, you know, you put it on the rail, I'm thinking, where's the rail on that boat? <laughs> By rail, it's a little. It's just a fiberglass. Uh, it's just gunnel a gunnel. Wow. Hey, Zach, we want to thank you for sharing your story with us and our listeners and everything like that. Good luck to you, and we like to have you on when you catch bigger fish. Okay. I would love to. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. You take care. Hey, you and too. the uh, in the couple of minutes we have left before we got to sign off, we want to acknowledge the passing of Joe Fister, a pioneer. In the fishing industry, Joe, uh, you know, started off uh, uh, working with Sabre, moved up, started a, a company, uh, um, you know, uh, that uh, was revolutionary in fish and stand and fishing rods. Stan and Wendy, I know you knew Joe a lot. He was a good friend to all the fishermen. There was no one that didn't like him on and out there. And we just wish he and his, and uh, you know, just. We look forward to seeing him soon, you know, in that big uh, fishing pond in the side. And our condolences go out to his wife, Lynn. And, guys, I don't know what more I can tell you. You know, a great man. Uh, I met him first in the 70s when I first got involved with the industry. Um, and Bill Bickle and he were involved with Saber Fishing Rods back then. Uh, and as he progressed, he ended up working for Seeker for years. Great friend. In the end, he was working even with the guys down here as a, as a rep. He was always a friend of the fishermen, and we'll miss Joe Fister. Awesome friend, and I gave him the crab. <laughs> hey, you know, to uh, find out more about Joe and uh, a little bit about his life and this week's uh, Western Outdoor News, uh, Mike Lum has a nice article on the life of Joe Fister. Hey, guys, that's it for tonight. Thanks a lot for all the input. Wendy, you have a great trip. Stan? You know, I know you're going to be traveling, too. So on behalf of everyone at Rod and Reel Radio, Jorge, Ben, and also all of our sponsors, thanks a lot for listening. Lori, thanks for being with us tonight. Hey, we got to say goodnight. Thank you, Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McEwen, for this legacy you left us. We'll be back next Sunday night at 5.05. Good night, everyone. Have a safe holiday. Every time I go out to your place, you gone fishing. Oh, you know. But there's a sign.